Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining us right here on Tuesday Night Titans on a Wednesday. It is Wednesday, October 11, 2023. I'm your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue on my end, joined by my co-host and very good friend, normally on Tuesday nights. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Shawn Michaels. Andrew Baydal. Drew, what's going on, man? Is Drew alive? <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe he's still angry at the Tony Khan comment about bald people. What's going on, buddy? How are you? What's up, man? <laughs> how, how you doing, man? I am. I'm here. Okay. I, I, yeah. Yeah. You, you hear me? Can everyone see me? Yeah. I'm here. Hello. 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 Yeah. Hello. Can you not hear me? I hear you. Do you hear me? Hello. <laughs> Yo. No, I'm here. Hello. Do you hear me? Is this guy muted? Did he mute himself? JD, can you hear me? I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. This guy. <laughs> Hello. I I hear you. I hear you. Oh, fuck. That's... I do not hear you, JD. Uh... Yeah. I did not hear you, buddy. Let me see. Uh, hold on. Hold on. We got some technical difficulties here, man. I don't know what's going on. This guy. Uh... Oh. <clears throat> give me give me give me a second. Hold on one second. Uh, hold on. Are you there? Hear me? 
I hear you. Can you hear me? Hear you now, yes. Oh my goodness, man. What the hell was that? Holy shit. I don't know. I couldn't hear you. But then I turned on the YouTube channel and I could hear you and I was like, okay, this isn't gonna work. Must have been a StreamYard problem, man. Oh my goodness. There he is. Let me fix let me fix this man fucking amateur hour over here. Holy That's shit. There right. you go. Now we're now we're all right. Listen, man, it's one technical difficulty in 17 episodes. I'll take it, you know? What happened? Uh, I know. Uh, how you doing, man? You, what's uh, what's going on over there? Oh, I mean, you know, just another, it feels like it's Tuesday, but it's Wednesday. Normally, you're doing Dynamite. Normally, I'm off. But tonight, we're giving you the best duo in professional wrestling slash sports entertainment with news that a lot of you jabronis are not talking about. And we're going to talk about it right here on TNT Wednesday Night Edition. How yeah, are you? Uh, I'm I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I wish I was better. The Braves got their ass kicked by the Phillies tonight, but uh, you know, some people tell me it's not over yet. <laughs> it's it's over. It's it's way it's way beyond over, man. The but, problem with the Phillies is is they just hit and hit and hit and hit and hit. You know. Yeah, you know, so. you know. The, the thing with them is, um, I don't know why the Braves can't beat them. They're playing in Philadelphia, and, and their pitching is very sneaky. You know, you, you would mm-hmm. think that they don't have good starting pitching, but uh, I, I kind of like what they what they got throwing out there. You know, so. It is what it is, I man. The, I think the Braves could take this to five, but I don't like your chances. No, I, I mean, if they go back to Atlanta, I mean, they got a serious shot, but they got to win Friday in Philadelphia, which I think is going to be a tall task, but you know, we'll see, man. Listen, man, the Braves acting like uh, AEW was on Tuesday night, man. The ratings are in. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how AEW stacked their show and fell behind in the ratings uh, in uh, comparison to NXT and what Shawn Michaels put on on his show on Tuesday night. And we're going to get into some Triple H news. We're going to get into some CM Punk news. You got some uh, possible major happenings here with the real reason potentially why the Tuesday night wars were a thing uh, last the night. The only reason, the, the only reason. The only, the only reason. reason. Make sure you guys follow us on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. And you guys can follow Drew at Andrew Baydala on Twitter. Uh, fans seemingly are uh, taking a liking to his uh, espresso talk in the morning because his espresso is always interrupted by some fucking geeks out there, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah, the DMs don't stop. The tweets yeah. don't stop. But you know what? I look forward to it. It's almost like kind of the thing now. You know, I have I get to work very early. I mean, it's such a horrible commute. I, I, I put my own home office here in the house uh, ever since 2020. So... Oh, so, what, so, so, what, so you're one of those guys that puts pajama pants on and then a suit jacket over uh, nope. a nice dress shirt? Um, no. <laughs> you know, it's crazy because um, I will tell you that, like, it's it's obvious everything we do has a mental thing, right? So for me, I still got to put on the suit. I don't wear a tie, but I still got to put on the suit. I put on my dress uh, shoes and I go to work because it feels more like work instead of sitting here in, you know, your basketball shorts and um, a T-shirt, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm more productive. It's a mental thing, but I think everyone's got to get to their own place. So no, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, I I I do the uh, I do the basketball shorts and slippers and uh, coffee all day long. That's just me. You know, well, I, I, listen, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have to talk to executives or anything. It's just uh, normal. Coffee is uh, is a lifeblood for me, so I'm with yeah. you there. I think me and you should do. Uh, coffee and connoisseurs, like you did your uh, your alcohol. Stuff, uh, bro, you don't good. even have to ask me twice. I'm down. I'm all right. Down. Uh, anyway, man, uh, like uh, like usual, like tradition, it, it's up to you, man. Start us off. What do you want to talk about? Uh, I feel like Cody. What do you want to talk about? I mean, there's a lot to talk about. What do you want to start? Well, with? let's let's start there. Let's start with WWE's NXT last night, and let's talk about what everybody and their mother is talking about, and that's the ratings, right? Everyone wants to talk about how the sky is falling for all elite wrestling and dynamite, and how WWE and Shawn Michaels kicked everyone's ass with NXT, and Shawn's not going to win Booker of the Year, which Tony. Listen, 
I don't think Shawn Michaels gives a fuck whether or not he wins Booker of the Year. I mean, I understand you might, good for you, but realistically, I think what matters are dollars and cents, and you will get paid too, Mr. Khan, because your product is it is very, very watchable. Um, but, J.D., let's talk about it. Do you, A, I know you don't, but I, we want to tell everybody, do you give a shit about what happened with the ratings? No. Uh, there is a uh, small percentage of people on Twitter that think I do, and they're memeing me or putting up gifts on Twitter about me throwing a temper tantrum in my mother's basement and I'm losing sleep over the ratings. I don't give a shit. I was live with two very good friends of mine last night. We had a great time and we enjoyed watching. I enjoyed watching Dynamite. Jesse watched both. You paid attention to Dynamite and NXT as well. You you know what happened on both shows. I I don't really give a shit, Drew. And, And the thing is, You know, I think a lot of people, if you watch me regularly, know that all I want is great pro wrestling. That's all I care about. And I enjoyed myself during Wednesday. If you enjoyed NXT, which a large majority of you do on Tuesday night, fine. But I'm going to go and do my thing. I'm going to make my money. I'm going to do my stream. And then I'm going to call it a night. I don't really give a shit what the ratings are because Dynamite was a great show and I enjoyed myself. Yeah, and the only thing that you care about is how many views, likes, yes. impressions. I get it, and that's you're a content creator. And AEW and WWE are creating television products that involve professional wrestling slash sports entertainment. So with that being said, I don't understand why fans of a certain brand want to claim a victory or a loss just because they happen to lose to a 40, 50, 60-year-old established company when they are under a decade years old. I don't think anybody has drawn nines and ones besides one millions besides WCW. Um, maybe, maybe ECW. I'd have to go look, but their time slots were terrible and they were never on. They were on like TNN and then they were on WLNY 55. Again, I'm from New York, so I know the channels, but um, I think we make a lot to do about nothing in terms of the ratings. And what it does matter is the media rights, which we've talked about at nauseum. The, the whole thing here is that AW on a Tuesday night when they're not normally scheduled, drew 600,000 fans. Is it what you would want in terms of ratings? No. Does it mean the sky is falling down? Hell no. But listen, I mean, no. the, I mean, the 609 number to the unintelligent fucking buffoon out there on, on social media is going to be the sky is falling, it's doomsday, let's lower the casket for AEW and, and start pouring the fucking dirt in the grave. That, that's what their mentality is. But the way that I look at it is, you know, Tony Khan was working his show on a night that is not normally their night on Tuesday night. They were on NXT turf, which they, they were, they were fighting behind uh, the eight ball already uh, just in that alone. Number one. And, and number two, you know, they, they did have a good demo rating. I, I mean, the show did a 0.26 rating in the demo that's down from a 0.28 last week. And it was, you know, not that far behind at all. It was like decimal points behind uh, percentage points behind NXT. So, I mean, if they want to really claim victory over that, which is, to me, the most important number in the entire thing is that 18 to 49 demo, then go ahead. I don't know what you're going to get out of it. But the one thing that I took away from it, Drew, is that Tony Khan, though his professionalism online in the hours leading up to the show were a little questionable, I do like Petty TK when he really wants to go and be a petty bitch. I think it's hilarious. And, you know, deep down... You know, I can be that way, too, if if the situation calls for it. No. I mean, it's shocking, I know. Um, but he, he went out there on a night where he knew he was going to be facing ultimate stiff competition, 
And, and he went with his true ace, and that is professional wrestling. And he booked a great show. So no matter what the rating looks like, and I'm not Tony Khan, so I don't know what he thinks, but if I'm, you know, someone in his circle, I'm trying to calm him down and, you know, trying to look at the bigger picture here. He put on a great show. They forwarded stories like we talked about last night on the post show. They are putting together cohesive, consistent shows with long-term booking that are building towards the pay-per-view uh, in Los Angeles. And, and I think that is the most important takeaway of the entire thing. He went out there and he didn't do anything fancy. He just put fucking pro wrestling out there. And that's what they're known for. And I think they should really hang their hat on that. And he should be proud of that. Yeah. And again, um, extremely stiff competition last night. Extremely stiff competition. You had WWE NXT. You had the MLB playoffs. You had NHL opening night. It just wasn't going to be something easy. Dancing with the stars. I mean, you know, listen, I'm not going to make excuses for anybody here, but uh, AEW went up against stiff competition last night. So did WWE. WWE happened to do nines because they brought in everybody and their mother. There's a reason for that, which we'll get to towards the middle part, end of the show. Stick in, stay here. Um, so, you know, it's, um, I think it's much to do about nothing. I think Tony gave you and AEW gave you what they give you consistently week after week which was there is some story finally, and they gave you really good professional wrestling. So, you know, 1.5 million fans watched professional wrestling yesterday. That's that's a that's a big, uh, that, that's just as many people that watched Raw on, on Monday. Mm-hmm. Raw did, a, I think, a 1.58 or something around that, that number. And, and that's a big deal because yeah. uh, NXT and, and AEW, you want eyes on these products because one brand is the future of the, of the WWE, and, and AEW you know, it's been a struggle for them to get new viewers and, you know, get people on board with what they're doing. They've seemingly fallen off a little bit. Attendance numbers are struggling. Ratings numbers are struggling. I don't think they've come close to a million AEW since uh, I think Blood and Guts did about a million this summer. And that was the last time they did a million viewers. NXT did not do a million viewers last night, which I was actually genuinely surprised by with Cena and Undertaker and Cody Rhodes and Dominic and Rhea and Becky and everybody, Asuka and everybody else that they had on that show. L.A. Knight was there in a last-minute uh, situation there as a special guest referee. Uh, you, Drew, you look at the ratings here for the two shows, and you see what they did to stack up NXT. You know, theoretically, I was thinking about this, and I want to pose the question to you. H- how do you think the landscape would look if WWE didn't do what they did last night, and they went and used NXT with what they have now as a vehicle against AEW? H- how do you think things would have looked uh, compared to what they did last night. Well, I could tell you that, you know, when you bring in the likes of John Cena, The Undertaker, and even Cody Rhodes, I mean, that alone will probably get you 200 extra thousand viewers. Um, so, you know, we're looking at maybe a seven and an eight, probably, you know, probably. Um, with those additional star power, um, it seems as if, you know, WWE was really shooting for a million in a tough time slot. Um, but this is what WWE can provide a media content buyer. We can send people up, send people down. We can transfer this star to that brand and we can, you want, you know, you need something we could do it. And they're showing that week after week with Becky Lynch on NXT. They had Dominic Mysterium, basically all of judgment day in NXT for a very long time, week after week after week. And, you know, realistically, do I think it would have been closer? Sure. Does it matter? No, it doesn't because truthfully WWE could do this at will. And if you want to play in their sandbox, then, This is what they're going to do. And I don't think this has anything to do. I think there was a little bit. I'm going to give it out of 100%. um, Them trying to really stick a knife in AEW, I would say is about 15% of the reason why they did it. Um, I think Cody starting off the show was 100% a shot at AEW. Other than that, 
I think they were just basically showing their media rights buyers that we can pop a nine one million on a Tuesday night with stiff competition. Yeah, and when uh, money's involved like that and uh, you're going into negotiations like that, using the likes of The Undertaker and John Cena and Cody Rhodes uh, is a sound business decision. I don't really right. fault them for doing that. Uh, resources. Does it help storylines? No, no it, it, does, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It doesn't really forward anything. But like I mentioned last night, you know, NXT has the liberty to do that because I don't think they have a pay-per-view coming up anytime soon. So one week no. to do something like that to benefit the the uh, shareholders or, or the TV rights negotiation deal process, I mean, it's not going to fucking break their back so they could get away with something like that. Where Tony Khan, he's seemingly got to be on almost every week and he's got a, pro- a point to prove. He doesn't want to get fucking buried in the sand by NXT. And Dynamite is AEW's A show. So they have to worry about ratings and storyline advancements and proper pay-per-view build and everything else that goes into having your A show. And what WWE basically did was have their third brand on steroids, which was NXT WrestleMania. And they're basically, again, week after week, they're showing when Becky's on, we do this, you know, and the media rights buyer is going to look at the ratings. And I hate to say it, but that nine doesn't look as uh, inflated or jacked up than it would if it was 1.3 and they're pulling eights and sevens. I mean, they sent stars to NXT like Becky Lynch, like Dom, so that when they get to that negotiating table, it doesn't look out of pocket, and it won't. It won't look out of pocket. And a media rights buyer is probably going to look at that and say, hmm, we, they, they're outdrawn the NHL. They're outdrawn this other professional wrestling company over here. They're outdrawing a lot of network cable. All right, what do you want? And again, yeah. it's their third brand. Yeah. At WWE, all they're doing is showing you that they're a viable entity uh, in, in media rights, and their third brand is a viable brand to buy. That's what they're doing. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned it was a WrestleMania-like atmosphere for NXT last night. Uh, Bodyslam.net and Cassidy Haynes actually put up an exclusive a couple of hours ago, uh, and they have sources in NXT that have confirmed to them that, as with every other NXT show, last night's show had an internal name that was even written on rundown sheets for the show. The name, according to multiple sources, was NXT Mania. With the super show nature of last night's episode, it's no surprise that the brand was motivated to put on such a big show, especially with WWE promoting it as the greatest NXT of all time, which, uh, I mean, that's that's a stretch there. I mean, with all the NXT episodes that we've gotten going back to the black and gold, I don't know if it's the greatest of all time, but, you know, is it NXT mania because it's NXT? No, it was basically an extension of Monday Night Raw for another two hours. That's exactly what it was last night. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the way I look at it, Drew, though I know why they did it, it almost looks like a fucking farce. And this is why, you know, a fan like me kind of gets upset. It's like, you know, Triple H, when he was running black and gold, could have competed with Tony Khan and NXT, and and he knew, and everybody knew he had the superior product to AEW, black and gold, greater than AEW, I'll live and die by that sword. But with NXT now, they feel like they have to go and reach into the Undertaker bag and the Cody bag, LA Knight, John Cena. It's like, you know, when, when you come back down to reality after the TV negotiations are done, what are the ratings going to look like? Six, five, seven... It's like, okay. They doing, yeah, they were doing eights. Uh, I mean, it's, that's because they're re Dom and Judgment Day. You know, they have, they'll sprinkle AJ Styles down there, maybe a Dolph Ziggler. Mustafa Ali's down there. And it's interesting for a couple of weeks. Oh, what are these guys doing down there? But and when they come back down to reality, what are they going to do? Well, here's the thing, right? They tried. They've already tried this. They tried competing with AEW with basically the same product, better production with NXT Black and Gold. 
And, you know, Vince and the higher ups and Kevin Dunn, everybody else was just like, you know what? This isn't working. Um, Nick Khan wanted a viable third brand that was not going to be what AEW was putting out week after week. And they didn't want the competition. They went in a completely different direction. And now this is WWE's third brand, basically. And I think that they deviated from their original plan, which was basically like, okay, we'll just put on a better produced, better professional wrestling company. And what happened is, is majority of the best professional wrestlers in the world, besides, you know, maybe 10 or 12 are all in all elite wrestling. So why are you going to try and put out the same exact product? AEW doesn't do it with WWE. AEW is not WWE. Now there is some entertainment in AEW, you know, some, some sports entertainment, but that is the professional wrestling company. Wait a minute. You, you, first of all, what, what is, they're not competition is what you said. No, AEW's competition. I'm saying they're major competition. What I'm saying to you is that why are, the whole reason why they switch this internally, right? Because Black and Gold was basically trying to compete with AEW. But then I mean, you said, but then you said that Black and Gold was basically the same kind of show that AEW's putting on. I I, I, I highly disagree with that. It's not. Well, it, it would, I mean, it it, it it basically was just better produced. I mean, because WWE's production is through the roof. AEW was beating them because AEW had better talent. AEW had better stars, bigger stars. So, I mean, why would you try and be exactly like your competition? Go do something different. And that's what WWE did. Now, I hated the transition because me and you like professional wrestling. And, you know, I might like a little bit more sports entertainment than you do. But at the end of the day, the media rights buyers don't want to see a carbon copy with better production. They want to see something different and unique. And what WWE did was basically just be like, okay, listen, we, we can't compete with the in-ring stuff over there for the most part with NXT or at all. What we're going to do is we're going to send our stars up and down and pop ratings and all this other stuff. They created a viable third brand that they're going to sell. And yeah, you might be right. Once they sell it, hopefully they didn't buy a, uh, you know, a bill of goods here where it's, a, it's, it's bad. But at the end of the day, WWE is going to count their shekels and hopefully the media rights buyers are going to be satisfied. And then we'll see what happens. I just hope they don't land in a situation where the, uh, the suits and ties uh, up at uh, NBCU are looking at NXT and expecting now regularly eight, nine, maybe, maybe we get a million on a, on a random Tuesday night or wherever NXT is going to land during the week. And then when they pull all the major stars and we get back down to reality and we see, you know, the actual NXT roster performing without main roster talent down there and we start getting sevens and seven fives, it's like, are they going to be happy with that? Are they going to look at WWE and say, hey, but we were doing this and now you're doing this. We're not getting anywhere close to what we were getting you know, in October 2023, what happened here? You know, you pulled the rug out, the rug out from underneath us and you, and you kind of uh, you kind of fooled us. Ha ha. Well, yeah. And I mean, listen, the other thing here is that what a lot of people aren't talking about is that, you know, WWE went through this in the 90s. Attendance was down. Television ratings were completely different and they were down. WWE is kicking the shit out of WWE in the mid to late 90s. Uh, and AEW is not going anywhere. So just because they did a six on a random Tuesday, who gives a shit? Seriously. I mean, they'll bounce back. They'll be in the eights to nines. Um, is Adam Copeland CM Punk in terms of drawing ability? No. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But I'm going to go with no. But realistically, what does Adam Copeland bring to AEW? He brings a viable IP and brand that AEW can capitalize on. Hopefully they do so. I think AEW is going to be just fine. I think their growth is going to happen. I just think it's not going to be as meteoric as all of you fans would like it to be, truthfully. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's it, it's something, you know, I was thinking about this while I was having dinner earlier. You know, you, you ever get a sense of, like, I, I know what I do 
when I'm solo it is is good shit, right? I I know what I'm talking it's about. Good shit, pal. Yeah, it's good shit, pal. Uh, you know, I got a lot of uh, you know, very very you know, uh, I, the, the fan base is unbelievable here, and, and they trust me in my it opinion is. every every week. And, and when I got someone like you, the excitement for you getting on the show and being on the show was growing. And then Jesse last night, the excitement for all three of us together was you know three thousand for a regular fucking dynamite review. It, it's great. And, 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 you know, I feel like when we're together and we're, when Jesse's with me and, you know, even me solo, we, we bring a sense of common sense and logic. Like, I, I bring everybody down to earth, tell it like it is, this is how it is. Do you ever get the feeling like you read everything that you see online in regards to this and you can even go back to the Adam Copeland situation, everybody calling him a sellout? I, I wish I could put my hand up and, and everybody just fucking shuts their mouth. And, and it's like, I know what like we do Miz? is— yeah. Like like uh, like Ms. Annan, yeah. But I know what we do is good, and it's difficult for me to sit in the chair sometimes knowing that I know what we are putting out is great content and common sense. I just wish people would really just all band together and say, you know what, yeah, that's the way to look at it. I, I wish I could change, you know, the IWC with what we say here. I know we're not. And it's a difficult thing to grasp because I know what we're saying is the way it is, and people don't really grasp that. They don't understand that. It's kind of frustrating at the same time. You know what I mean? Well, I, again, I mean, you've had this conversation privately. You know, if you're not growing and you're not expanding, then you're failing. Um, and I think that, you know, while you have kind of cornered the market on review shows and everything else like that, like, no, in my opinion, nobody does better than JD. Um, there's a market for that, but then your true range is this is yeah. the back and forth kind of like Mike and the mad dog, serious busted open type of stuff. And this is where me and you, you know, uh, this is our bread and butter. So AW and WWE, WWE has found it. Uh, you know, WWE had a rough patch. They got through it. Business has never been hotter. I think wrestling is on going on another boom period. I just think it's slower. It's quieter right now. Um, besides WWE, but AW is going to hit that rise too. As soon as they see more stars, come and go and they build their own but realistically like AEW is starting to get out of their own ways in terms of some things like we saw it last night they're kind of hopefully building some younger stars uh you know and uh max is is taking that ball and running with it and you got swerve in the hopper and we'll have to see what else happens so again i think AEW will be just fine i think all of you make a lot to do about nothing about these ratings and realistically AEW is still going to get a load of money a boatload of money from the media rights buyer, whoever that may be, probably, you know, Warner Discovery, but who knows? Um, they're And they're on the cusp of that streaming deal. When they announce it, it's up to them. Yeah, and that's a big victory in itself because nobody really even thought that was a possibility for AEW four years into their existence. And they're already, you know, potentially going to a streaming service and you're going to have an entire back catalog of AEW content to go back and watch any time. How long did it take WWE to do something like that? I mean, it's... Vince McMahon, listen, I know we we can't stand Vince McMahon, but Vince McMahon is a revolutionary individual. He's a very smart, very crude businessman. I'll always give him that. Nobody's better. But Tony Khan to do that in four years and get that done for his brand, you know, I, I don't want to sit here and, and and act like uh, I'm on AEW's payroll, even though people think I am. It's, it's a great success story. And a lot of people don't look at what he's done that's good. And they look at everything that, he does as a bad thing. I, I I never understood the the whole notion that AEW exists and it's a bad thing. Like, if Edge didn't want to, j- just look at the Edge situation in itself. If Edge and WWE, according to him, grew apart and, and grew separated, that there was nothing for each other to do. 
where would he go? He would end up retiring. Right. And if AEW, I, if AEW wasn't around, we wouldn't be fortunate enough to see Adam Copeland wrestle another year, another two years, another three years potentially. Have this storyline with Christian Cage and, and get in there with all the men that he mentioned. It's like, just based on that alone, you should be very fortunate and lucky that AEW even exists. Yeah, I'm happy that the um, the business is healthy for the boys and girls who are in the business, truthfully. You know, um, Adam Copeland gets a second lease on life, gets some new canvas to paint on, uh, some matches, some things we thought we'd never see. I mean, the picture he took and put out today, I thought was very, you know, poetic. I mean, Brian Danielson, Soraya, and Adam Copeland all sitting in a ring, and they were all told they're done forever. Yeah. So, and even Christian. You know, Christian Cade, same thing, but he's not going to take a picture with Christian because kayfabe, right, brother? Um, but anyways, um, you know, I think we should just be happy that the boys and girls are in a uh, in the business that is flourishing, that there's so many opportunities, and it's very profitable. If the business is profitable, that means these men and women get paid profitable wages. So let's just be happy that the business is thriving. JD and myself get to come on here on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, get nearly 3,000 people to watch us talk about professional wrestling, and you know what? We're forever grateful because if it was just one company, then we wouldn't have much to talk about, would we? Not at all. Not at all. I know uh, I know a lot of people enjoyed Dynamite last night. I did uh, manage to catch up on some of NXT last night. Uh, I know you did as well, Drew. What was one of your biggest takeaways with everything that they did to load up the show? What was some of your biggest takeaways from what basically was, uh, it almost felt like an all-star game uh, version of NXT. No real... Storyline progression there. I just felt like they threw a bunch of Good shit. Way to put it. You know, it's they threw a bunch of shit at the wall, and, and they 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 wanted to put on a, a great two hour block of television. But the one big takeaway for me uh, watching the show was Paul Heyman, and, mm. and everything that he touches, in my honest opinion, turns to gold. The way he introduced Braun Breaker, I didn't really understand it when they kind of announced him on behalf of Roman Reigns. Here's Braun Breaker, but when I when I heard Paul Heyman introduce Braun Breaker, I'm like. All right, he's done it with Brock. The way he says Brock Lesnar accentuates Brock Lesnar's name when he introduces him. He's doing it with Roman Reigns now. I could absolutely see Paul Heyman uh, kind of enlist Braun Breaker and Braun Breaker be a Paul Heyman guy in the main roster. Not that Braun Breaker can't cut a promo. I mean, he's not the, he's not lighting the world on fire, but I mean, that pairing, are, are they possibly teasing something like that happening to get Braun Breaker to the next level on the main roster television side with Paul Heyman? Who wouldn't want to be a Paul Heyman guy or girl? I mean, you'd be stupid not to. Everything he touches maybe with... You know, I, I would have to say without Joe Henning, even though Joe Henning did have some rise there. I, I, en I enjoyed Axel, man. I don't know Me what anybody, I don't know what anybody didn't see in him, man. I thought he was great. But Heyman, I mean, anything he touches realistically, just he just polishes and turns it into you know diamonds. So, um, you know, with the bloodline being prevalent, no, I don't see you know Braun Breaker being managed by Paul Heyman or anything else like that right now. But I mean, Paul's not going anywhere. Braun's not going anywhere. They obviously see a major future with. Braun Breaker, I mean, what I took from last night, there was a lot of things besides the star power, which was blatantly evident. There was a lot of things that those major stars who really aren't full-time stars are even having matches anymore, Taker and John Cena, besides John Russell that fast lane. But John's going to be wrapping up soon. Um, he might come back for Rumble and Mania, but, uh, you know, Hollywood's calling, and John's got a project. So what I took from it, I, I took the Brian Pillman Jr. vignette. I thought that was masterfully done. He's nobody's junior. I took Paul Heyman talking to The Rock's daughter. I thought that was good. And I also took that John Cena and The Undertaker endorsed two major NXT talents that are going to be major players in WWE's future. That's yeah. what that was. John Cena with and Carmelo Hayes, Taker and Carmelo Hayes, and uh, Paul Heyman and Braun Breaker. I mean, 
those guys, Breaker and Hayes, they're made men. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people were looking at. It. I seen some uh, some tweet birds on social media last night. Oh, Braun Breaker! I don't believe they buried Braun Breaker. How did Braun Breaker get buried? I mean, he was in the ring with John he's Cena, the Undertaker. He, he got chokeslammed by the Undertaker. I mean, that's a huge spotlight for him. You're not. They're not going to just put anybody in the ring with with the Undertaker. Like, I don't really right. understand what people were talking about there. But I mean, that goes to show you how smart social media is. But but one of the takeaways you mentioned was Brian Pillman Jr. I was watching the promo. Because everybody and their mother said, uh, "JD, you got to go watch this promo last night on the Dynamite review." I so I went, I went and watched it, and I took a lot away from it. I liked his cadence. I liked the way he was presented. I think he's going to be a big deal there. But the one thing that I feel like AEW did not do with Bryant Pillman was really highlight his strengths. And then he goes to WWE. They put him in these vignettes for the last couple of weeks. They finally present him with a new presentation, new character, new name. And I care more about him now than I did in any time he's been with AEW. So you see the power of what NXT does. You see the power of what the the machine, WWE, does. They create stars. That's what they're in the business to do. I wish Tony Khan would really kind of see that. He does it, but I don't think he—I think he almost kind of picks and chooses who he wants to do it with. You know what I mean? But they have been around. WWE has been around for 50 years. There's plus. There's nobody better in sports entertainment, professional wrestling, in terms of packages, set like video, vignettes, all that other stuff, then WWE, there's nobody better. It's basically a short film every time they they roll one of these things. So AEW's only been around for four to five years. Give it some time. You know, AEW will up their production, everything else like that. WWE wasn't putting out great vignettes and multi-million dollar stuff when they were struggling in the 90s. And don't get me wrong, AEW's far from struggling. But... WWE will take and pluck stars from every New Japan, AW, wherever. And they're going to give them the biggest push and the best, you know, machine build that they can put behind them in terms of video production and everything else. And then it'll be on them. And that's what you're seeing with Pillman Jr. And that's what you're seeing with Jade. And we're going to have to wait and see what happens with the both of them. I think they're going to be meteoric rises. I've had a lot, a lot of upside potential and faith in Brian Pillman Jr. And I think, WWE is the perfect place for him. Yeah, we did see Jade Cargill. You mentioned Jade. She was on the show. She hopped out of another limousine, just like she did at Fastlane. She was greeted by Triple H at Fastlane. Last night, she was greeted by Shawn Michaels. A lot of people were wondering what they're doing with Jade and why they're using her in that way. Uh, As simply put, guys, the simplest way I could put it uh, to all of you is, you know, Jade's in the Performance Center, and Triple H even admitted that she will be in the Performance Center, and, and They're going to strap the rocket to her. It's not a secret. They're going to do it. But the time needs to be right, and she needs to be at the level that they need her to be at. Whatever that level is, you know, that's up for Triple H and the crew to decide. But the reason why she's been on TV, though she's not anywhere close to being ready yet, is because they want her in the spotlight. They don't want that that fuse to to, to kind of die down. They don't want that that, uh, light to dimmer. So they, they want to handle to stay lit. Yeah, they want to keep that. They want to keep that name. They want to keep Jade in the public spotlight. Hey, we got her coming. She's doing big things. Here she is visiting Raw, visiting NXT. She'll be visiting SmackDown sooner or later. And Raw, that's what's going to be. And she has tons of publicity right now. ESPN announced the signing. It was all over WWE. They made a big deal about it. What better way to showcase this new signing? Have her show up at the pay-per-view, premium live event. Have her show up at NXT. Wouldn't be surprised if you see her maybe arrive at the season premiere SmackDown on Friday. I mean, they're already... Roman's coming back. There's going to be a special announcement from Triple H. I mean, you know, they are, again, 
it's it's time. Raw season premiere is on Monday. You could see her show up there too. What they're doing is just keeping her name in the spotlight, which is smart because like I said, the first time I'd like to see Jade in a professional wrestling ring for the WWE is that Survivor Series. And hopefully it's a singles match against somebody who can um, help her and make her grow as a professional wrestler. I don't want to see her in NXT because I trust nobody down there right now besides Tiff. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree I agree with you there. Uh, a Survivor Series women's match, classic four-on-four, five-on-five elimination yeah. where Jay kind of just blowing through the rest of the roster. Man, that would be a great debut. We'll see. Uh, she doesn't have too much. You could hide yeah. her. I mean, yeah. you could hide her fault. She could just come in, you know, couple drop-downs, tackles, whatever, show her power, and then we could get her to get a pinfall victory, move on. I mean, you know, and her team can win. She doesn't need to be, you know, the next coming of, of Jesus Christ or Kurt Angle. She just needs to be what she's been in AEW, but a better version of it in WWE, a cleaner version in WWE. Yeah. Uh, there's a question in the chat. I usually don't look at the chat when we're live, but it is aimed towards uh, both of us here. Question for JD Andrew. Do you feel sometimes Tony Khan feels the tribalism in the IWC with his tweeting sometimes? Uh, I, I genuinely think he does. Uh, I don't know why he's on Twitter as much as he is. I think he should, he would benefit by by being off of it and not tweeting every fucking five minutes from the gorilla position when he's got a show to produce. But you know, I don't I don't see the point in him tweeting. You know, uh, watch dynamite, watch dynamite, and, and all these other fucking tweets he puts out there because everything that he says is under a microscope. And you know, he puts himself out there for criticism. Yes, he's open for criticism. He's a public figure. He's the CEO and the head booker of the company, but. I think the less you're, uh, the less you make yourself visible, Drew. I think uh, the less you'll get that backlash from the IWC because they're just waiting for him to say something so they can jump on his case. I think what's happening here is that you know I think what they're doing, what Tony does, is he does rile up the fan base, but he gets people talking and yeah. he gets publicity, and that's what a good promoter will do. Um, you know, we saw this with a lot of other promoters, whether it's music, entertainment. WWE, I mean, again, you don't think Vince McMahon would have been all over Twitter, you know, 30 years ago if it was there? Yeah, he would have. Um, so I think what he, what Tony's doing is a marketing tactic, and trust me, he knows what he's doing. Does he fuel, does he throw gasoline on some things? Yeah, he sure as shit does. But you know what? It gets people talking. It gets the people going. Can you imagine Shawn Michaels and Triple H back in the DX era if they had fucking social media, what they'd be posting and what they'd be saying? Come on. There was a video yeah. out that I saw um, – that was just wild about what Sean and Triple H were getting away with, like with the vignettes. Um, it was crazy. It was crazy. Anyway, uh, do you want to get into the uh, semi uh, major news you got, or you want to save that for a little bit later in the show? Uh, no, we can get into it. I mean, we're about what an hour in here. Yeah. Um, so because here, listen, because I did I did have a question that was going to lead into uh, into sure. what you were potentially going to talk about here. Um, I know WWE is moving SmackDown to USA Network. A lot of people are wondering uh, if they're going to stay on Friday. I don't really mind it on a Friday. Some people were mentioning Thursday. Uh, nobody really knows what's going to happen to Raw. I would assume Raw is going to stay on the USA Network. I don't really see it going anywhere else. It's been on the USA Network forever. But uh, under the possibility of the NXT being included in the Raw package for the next TV rights deal, for, per se, if NXT and AEW ever landed on the same night and we had to go back to that NXT being on a Wednesday and the Wednesday night wars were an every week thing instead of a one week thing, how, how, how do you think the shows would uh, shape up weekly? Do you think it would make AEW better? Do you think it would make NXT better? Do you think 
both shows and both companies we'd be better off for if there's competition every week so that they don't get lazy like AEW tends to do, like WWE tends to do. What do you make of that? Um, I think the reason you saw what you saw last night is there's two major reasons. One we've already talked about again a hundred million times. It's the media rights. They want to show that this is a viable brand, a viable third brand, and something that uh, an entity should buy. Who that may be, I don't know. But they want to sell this not as a package deal. They, WWE does not want to sell this with Monday Night Raw as a package deal. They probably want to get you know two to three hundred million for NXT in a five year deal. So you're looking at fifty. 45 to 50 million dollars a year there and i think with the ratings they're getting you probably could get that truthfully but what last night was is in my opinion and from what i've you know heard and seen through in wwe's grapevine is that wwe did this to show usa network that hey and the reason they sold smackdown to usa one of the major reasons they sold the media rights from fox to usa for smackdown was the WWE is probably going to look to move SmackDown to Tuesday nights. It would be cost efficient for Endeavor, TKO, WWE to have their production trucks and everybody else, the boys and girls, the transportation would be pretty minimal and it would be easy. You could do Sacramento and then LA, you know, very Monday night raw in Sacramento and then Monday night raw in LA. I know the drive could be long, but it's easier than, the talents, production, flying home, and then having to get back on the road on Thursday. This way, they just go Monday, Tuesday, NXT being Wednesday. And WWE's television slot would be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, off Thursday and Friday to do house shows on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday if there are no premium live events. But basically what this does is it it shows that WWE on a Tuesday night, if they have a lot of star power, could easily do a million plus. And I'm going to say this, when NXT, when WWE moves off, Friday nights for SmackDown and moves off of Fox. Yeah, that rating is going to take a hit. It is. And that's just going to go with the territory because you're on network television. Now you're bouncing back over to cable. And I know a lot of people have cut the cord in different times, but you're going to see some people not be able to find USA or they don't have it, et cetera, et cetera. So the ratings are going to take a hit, but WWE desperately wants to, from what I've heard, get SmackDown off of Friday only due to logistical reasons. They can make it easier on their budget. Yeah, this is a billion, multi-billion dollar company with an endless bankroll, just like AEW is. But when you can make your books look good and you could save a lot of money, they're going to do it 10 times out of 10. And the production costs, the trucks, those people, they don't have to fly back home. They don't have to fly back out. They just Monday, Tuesday, and then, you know, the NXT crew is the NXT crew. Then they go home. So that's what this is. Everybody thought it was to put a bullet in Tony Khan and AEW. That's not what it was. What this was is WWE showing that NXT is a viable third brand and that they want to put SmackDown on Tuesday nights and they were showing that they could draw on a Tuesday. And then NXT would move to Wednesdays and then we would be getting AEW versus NXT every week instead of being a one-off every October for the MLB playoffs or whatever else is going to preempt AEW. That's an interesting situation. Uh, Is... Is WWE going to be USA Network across all three brands? It's going to be Raw, SmackDown, and NXT Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on USA Network. So, again, this is part of the reason why WWE sold SmackDown. SmackDown was kind of that jewel, right? It was that crown yeah. jewel that everybody wanted. They sold that one first, which I told you a month ago. I told everybody watching this a month ago, too, that this was the first ship to fall, and it was interesting that it went to USA NBCU. I think that if USA will agree, NBCU agrees to have SmackDown on Tuesday, they will sell the media rights for Monday Night Raw to NBCU USA Network at a decent price, maybe a little bit of a discount just so they can kind of keep it under one umbrella. 
and WWE gets what they want logistically wise. Because if USA doesn't get raw, which would be a problem, I would assume for NBCU, they might want SmackDown on a Friday or a Thursday or something. And then it becomes a logistical nightmare for production and everything else like that, which they would oblige anyway. Fox could have put this show on a Saturday and WWE would have said, sure. You know, they just made it work. Vince wanted network television. They got it. Um, it was the smart thing to do. The, you know, um, the, cro the cross branding with the NFL and everything was well worth the investment and all the money they spend on production. Trust me, they got it. But yeah, I do believe that if USA will agree to put SmackDown on Tuesdays, NBC Universal says, go ahead, put SmackDown on Tuesdays, but we want Raw. What is it going to take? I think WWE might give them a little bit of a package sweetheart deal. That's a, this is a very interesting story because now I got a, I got questions just running through my head. If they all end Ask up, them. if they end up with USA Network, you know, I do feel like the reason why we we are in the brand split era of WWE because Fox wanted their own separate brand and Raw wanted their own separate brand, and you know, uh, both uh, both networks cry wolf when uh, one gets something and the other and the other doesn't. Uh, are we looking at potentially if they're on the same network? Are we looking at potentially ending that brand split and going back uh, to one full roster like we should if they're going to be Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday? I think that would be a lot easier, no? Possibly. The creation of championships were due to two different networks, yeah. two different media conglomerates holding their separate brands and stars and viewing it as their own entity. So, yes, that is very possible. And, again, the ratings were never higher. And I know it was the boom period and everything else like that, the attitude, but the ratings were never higher when we just had – one set of superstars, both male and female, across all brands. And that was it. Now, do I want to see it? I don't know. Because then the question is, well, you know, like a guy like Seth Rollins, he won't be holding a world championship because Roman would be holding the world championship. That all comes into question. And I don't know what they'll do. That'll be for them to decide. But I think the possibility if USA gets Raw and SmackDown will be at an all-time high because they're going to want, the, you know, the Cody Rhodes to be on both Raw and SmackDown. But then here's the thing, right? If it's all under one umbrella, those one sixes that Raw gets and then the two millions that SmackDown gets, that combined is 3.7 million people watching on Monday and Tuesday. That's a big number. Yeah. That's still a big number. You know, that's, uh, again, this is a very interesting uh, situation, developing situation. Um, I'm looking forward to it, whatever they decide to do, because uh, if it's a little... It's a little easier on the content creation, too, I'm thinking about, too. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll do our thing uh, three days in a row, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, Saturday being a pay-per-view one time a month, and then AEW as well, uh, they'll probably be going to one time a month. Uh, it, it's seemingly looking like it'll be a lot easier for us uh, content creators as well, which I have no problem with at all, because right now it's like, all right, we're live Monday, we do our thing Tuesday, we're live on Wednesday for AEW, and then we're live on Friday, and then we're live on Saturday for Collision. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ, gotta get a, a break. There's no break in between, so I'm looking forward to that. Well, money doesn't sleep, and you know that, but I, I will know, say, I know. here's the thing, right? For the content creators, it'd be beautiful, but a lot of people, a lot of fans, a lot of uh, internet keyboard warriors don't understand that the production team are not Raw, and then there's a separate team for SmackDown. They are on Raw and SmackDown. So what this does is it stops the production team, all these other people, the trucks people. They don't have to travel home on a Tuesday morning and then come back on a Thursday night. They just fly in Sunday. They work their show on Monday. They drive to the show on Tuesday. They go home. And then they're off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. 
Maybe some will fly out a day earlier to get out Saturday, but they'll more than likely fly out Sunday for raw on Monday. And then it just keeps going on and on and on. It makes the travel more compact. It makes the cost more efficient and it makes your production and your crew happier. So what we learned here, folks, we learned that ratings to you fans and geeks out there don't matter. We learned that uh, WWE did what they did on Tuesday night to benefit them and their bottom line and make lives easier within the company and that it was a test to potentially get SmackDown on Tuesday night and they maybe wanted to stick it to Tony Khan, but at the end of the night, they realized that AEW's competition, they know they have AEW beat, they know AEW is a fucking, you know, uh, a gnat at a, at a 4th of July barbecue. It doesn't matter. So yeah. at the end of the day, why do you make it a big deal if WWE's not making it a big deal and AEW's going to continue to put on great shows and Tony Khan's going to be a petty fucking bitch online, which is hilarious at times? Who gives a shit? At the end of the day, man, go touch some grass. That's what I have to say about it. Right, and the thing is, is that WWE is going to continue to operate with their business model for the best for the betterment of their company, the best possible deals, the best possible partnerships that they could do. They're not going to worry about what the competition is doing right now, because truthfully, I know internally they, you know, they view AEW as, as competition, but it's not like the NFL or UFC, which is now under their umbrella. It's not like the NFL. They're not taking eyeballs truthfully away because they went head to head with NX with AEW. And what they basically said to everybody and their mother was, we believe that NXT AEW's core audience is going to watch AEW and WWE's core audience is going to watch WWE. They're not going to split. And they basically didn't, truthfully. No. They didn't. No. There's nothing. Uh, it, listen, if you want to watch WWE and you don't like what they're doing over there, why would you flip over to see what they're doing? It's just, you know, there's right. two there's two separate audiences there. I, I totally agree with that. But And it seems know, like AEW lost a bunch of viewers because of what happened. Because of their, their thing with MJF and Juice, it seems like those people are never coming back. And I've heard this before. Wait, 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 from a what, lot of what, what, what happened? Well, I mean, I, we know what happened, but they, they right. lost view, they lost viewers because of that one spot. Well, TMZ put out an article and a thing about how, like AEW, you know, this was anti-Semitic and everything else like that. So, I mean, again, um, I just I, when we talked about it, I thought it was in bad taste. Um, yeah. Not us. What they did. Um, they could have waited maybe a week or two or maybe even a month or maybe just not do it at all. Um, but realistically, you know, this, the same haters that sit back and be like, I'm never watching AEW again are the same people that said that they would never watch WWE again when such and such won a WrestleMania main event and all this other shit. They were canceling Peacock, and here you are still watching the product. So shut the f- I get it. But it MJ- was in bad yeah, taste. MJF- it was in real bad taste. MJF has mentioned the, the role of quarter story twice in, in two different promos, like – that was before Juice showed the role of quarter. So MJ, I know, but MJ, it, MJF has made that a storyline. So why is everybody making a big deal about it now? Because of the world's uh, current affairs going on? Right. Well, that's the thing. When you're running a, a multi-billion dollar business, you got to keep up on current uh, pop culture yeah. and current affairs. And I mean, I just thought it was bad timing. Was it going to happen? You're, yes, it was 100%. But I think they AEW probably could have chosen a, a different time to do this or not do it at all and kind of have your finger on the pulse. Um so the publicity coming at it last night, I don't think it was the publicity you would want, but we're moving on from it. I mean, AW's, you know, they're they're still doing what they got to do. It just, I, I, I don't think it was uh, the best look for them in terms of that type of stuff. Possibly, uh, someone in the chat said Forbes went in on AEW as well. I, I mean, uh, w- tomorrow uh, it'll be something else. I, I mean, this will all right. be forgotten by next week. Who gives a shit? You know? Remember, w- a lot of people weren't going to watch WWE because of what Vince McMahon did to some former employees. So, I mean, like, yeah. you know, you got to take these people on social media with a grain of salt. And at the end of the day, 
Um, I get it. Um, but WWE and AEW are still going to operate unless something major happens. Uh, speaking of uh, Vince McMahon, it's funny that Drew mentioned Vince McMahon. Apparently, there was a report this week which uh, put a huge smile on my face. But uh, I, uh, I, 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 I tread, yeah, I tread very lightly when uh, situations with the uh, old man arise. Multiple people, Drew, in WWE believe that Triple H is now in full control of creative and that Vince McMahon is not in charge. Mike Johnson said that the word going around backstage is that McMahon is no longer involved with creative, and it was stated that the belief amongst wrestlers and the people in the companies that Triple H has been quote-unquote knighted by Endeavor, and he will be driving 99.9% of the creative going forward. But there's that little, that little decimal point that Vince McMahon is uh, still there. Uh, that is not 100% confirmed by the company, but several people in the company believe that this is the case. Now... Uh, nobody should believe that Vince McMahon is completely gone. He is still, uh, you know, at ultimate power. He can change whatever he wants, and more than likely he will. Uh, one day, Triple H is going to be in charge for three, four, five weeks, and then all of a sudden Vince McMahon could wake up and say, uh, I'm going to rewrite all this, pal. But what Monday Night Raw specifically, Drew, reminds me of, it reminds me of, and people were calling me a fucking conspiracy theorist and all this other bullshit online. I, I mean, all you got to do is watch the show. And I know you know, but when Triple H was publicly stated as the head of creative, he's like leading WWE creative now, you, you saw an immediate shift in how Monday Night Raw was booked. Go, go watch those Raws in August, going into SummerSlam, and then coming out of SummerSlam, going into September and October. Everything felt different. Watching Raw the last couple of weeks, it feels exactly like that, and we see... Most of Raw almost feeling like a, a mini version of black and gold. We got Bronson Reed on television winning matches. We got Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Indy Hartwell, Candice LeRae. We got Ricochet, Nakamura. We got Gunther. We got Chad Gable. Uh, story is happening on Raw. I mean, it feels like a completely different show to a point where on, on Monday I, I, I said, and I couldn't even believe the words were coming out of my mouth, that Monday Night Raw is the best fucking show that WWE's put on right now. And, and a lot of that is Triple H. What do you make of this? Well, I think you are seeing Triple H get more of the quote-unquote pencil. Um, I think Vince McMahon is, you know, stepping aside from the, which he has, stepping aside from the day-to-day -day activities of creative. When that merger happened, <clears throat> excuse me, the Endeavor WWE merger to TKO, I think basically what happened was, is, you know, they sat down and they were like, listen, Vince, you are, you know, this title, but we are getting Paul to write the television with the other writers and, you know, Pritchard and whomever else, Michael Hayes and everybody else. And that's what it's going to be. And you can have some input on some select stars that want your input. But we really want to see what Paul does um, from a creative standpoint. And that's what I think you're seeing. Everyone knows what Vince can and cannot do. They also know that Vince McMahon is a maniac at times, just like any multi-billionaire is who created um, a multi-billion dollar company from basically next to nothing. So, you know, there's Dana White, there's Vince McMahon, there's Ari Emanuel, there, there's some major, major people there at the figureheads of Endeavor, TKO, WWE. So they'll make the big decisions in terms of business and let Paul Levesque, Triple H, run the creative side of things. And that's what I think you're seeing. And Monday Night Raw has had a lot of Triple H's fingerprints on it. So it let's has. enjoy what he's putting out. In my opinion... SmackDown's been okay, but Raw, like JD said, has been the better show. And that's very interesting because three months ago, I would have told you you're nuts. Yeah. Uh, SmackDown, I hope, uh, Friday, with Roman Reigns coming back, kind of feels a little bit better than it has been. I feel like Roman's been a, a huge aspect, that missing aspect of the show. 
to make it feel uh, big and, and put it over the top. I feel like SmackDown's creative is a little bit more simplified. It's a little, it's like, uh, it's like Cliff Notes one on one for uh, pro wrestling. It's like, all right, I get the gist of what's going on here, but there's no real, there's no real creativity on SmackDown where you're getting stories on on Monday Night Raw. Drew McIntyre's, uh, you know, de-evolution of uh, of what he was into this new prick like heel character he's got going on, and Seth Rollins and the back injury and. Cody and, and Jay winning the tag team titles and the Judgment Day. Or are they going to enlist McIntyre and all this other nonsense going on? There's a lot of multiple moving parts to Monday Night Raw. It really keeps the fans on their toes. That's what I always appreciated about Triple H's booking. Yeah, it's not predictable. No. And it, it, it's got sense. You know, at times, you know, Vince McMahon was kind of here, there, and everywhere. I respect the man for what he did. He is a genius. And um, without him, we wouldn't have the ability to do this. So... But there comes a time and place where that creative genius maybe, you know, takes a back seat and it's just like craziness. And that's what Raw felt like at times. So for me, I'm happy that uh, Paul's getting a chance to do his thing. What, what, do, you, what do you make? Because uh, I know and I, I spoke about it in nauseam about Vince McMahon. You know, the reason why he did it was because it was never about a sale of the company. I felt like he wanted to really push himself back into ultimate power. He thought at one point or another he was going to get back all that power that he had to give up because he got advice from others, and then he came out and said he got bad advice about retiring on social media. I feel like Vince wanted to kind of weasel himself back into that position that they gave Triple H, take that power away from Triple H again and use him basically as a puppet. But then Ari Emanuel comes out and says, well, the deal would have never been done without Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon's going to be solely in charge of the wrestling aspect. I'm going to do the UFC. Nothing's really going to change. It's going to be a mega powers of sorts, uh, and we're going to create this huge sports entertainment ent uh, entity with WWE and UFC. But now, you know, Vince McMahon apparently has uh, taken a lesser role. I'm, I'm assuming Ari is his boss. Ari had to say something to him. Gave Vince McMahon a lesser role here as far as running WWE. And now Triple H, quote-unquote, has been knighted. Who made that decision to kind of dumb down Vince McMahon and give Triple H 99.9% .9 of the creative? I mean, only, only Ari Emanuel can make that decision. Why? So why is he going back on that, do you think? Well, I think the deal happened... Because Ari trusts Vince, and Vince knew that he could get his way back into yeah. whatever. You know, that that's the purpose of the deal. I mean, Vince could probably could have sold to tons of other people, um, the Saudis, whomever else. The thing was is that the deal took place because Vince McMahon uh, could get back into power. Uh, maybe Vince didn't want creative. Maybe he did. I don't know, but maybe they just said, hey, listen, Vince, we'll, we'll give you the deal. This is what we want you on the board of directors. But, you know, we need Paul to do creative. I think what they're doing is they're letting – Ari wants to see – what Paul can create. Endeavor, TKO, WWE, UFC wants to see what Paul Levesque can create with this brand that's never been hotter besides the Attitude Era. Um, so let, let Paul cook, you know, as the kids say. Let him do his thing right now, and we'll see what he's got. And if for some reason the ratings suck and they drop or the storylines don't make sense or the, you know, this or that starts to drop, the attendance, we, we always got Vince McMahon in our back pocket, right? I mean, they do. So why not see what they have? This is what a good businessman will do. And Art Emanuel is a goddamn great businessman. He, he, so he, he is. And if that's the case and he made that decision, good on him because, you know, every as soon as Vince McMahon went away, you know, it's not by coincidence that the company was, you know, setting record numbers. I mean, attendance, merchandise, live gate, pay-per-view numbers, Peacock subscriptions, ratings were up when Triple H took over last summer. Uh, obviously, Monday Night Football is going to be a deterrent to that, but... Uh, social media numbers are, I mean, they've never, they've never been hotter. And, and a lot of that I truly believe is because Triple H did eventually take over. And then you kind of started to see 
you know, the typical, you know, fan complaining online and things not really feeling right with Vince getting his hands into everything. And now we're back to where we were last summer. It's like, I, I hope we keep it that way because there's no reason why Triple H should have been removed in the first place because everything was up when he was there. And if he continues to have numbers that are up, Drew, I, I don't see why why they would ever need Vince McMahon back in that position. And I hope they understand that. Yeah, well, listen, I, I mean... You want me to call Ari? I can. Um, and obviously, that's a joke. I don't have Ari Emanuel's number. But I will well, say this. Knows? Maybe you do. I don't know. I will say this. Vince McMahon will always have a direct feed to Raw and SmackDown and never in premium live event, even if he's not there in Gorilla or backstage. Vince McMahon will always have his hands in his baby, um, on his baby, holding his baby, depending on what that you know baby looks like. Maybe it's Roman. Um, maybe it's Brock. When Brock comes back, that's, that's all to be seen. But... Uh, the majority of the creative decisions right now seem to be running through Paul Levesque at Triple H. And I think that's from a directive, um, a direct call from Ari, Endeavor, TKO, and the board of directors so that they can see what they have. I mean, they have some major figureheads, but do they really have a professional wrestler who did it at a sports entertainer who did it at an extremely high level and is decorated on their board? They don't. Vince is a master. He's the Walt Disney of professional wrestling slash sports entertainment. But Triple H and Vince McMahon are two different entities. And I think they're seeing what they want to see out of Triple H in terms of ratings and booking and everything else like that. So they're going to let him continue to run until those wheels fall off. You know, you know, if, what, yeah, if, you know, it brings a smile to my face, though. I know Vince McMahon, you know, he's taking this lesser role now because of uh, Ari Emanuel probably giving him, you know, the, the, the whole, the whole spiel. Let's see what Paul can cook up. You know, if he fails, he fails. We always got you in the back pocket, like you said. But I know Vince is fucking stewing at home watching Raw, watching what his son-in-law is doing, fucking getting red in the face, watching Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Champ on TV and all these other fucking vanilla midgets that are there. What is he doing, pal, Bruce? You know, he's probably on the phone with Bruce. How you letting this happen, pal? I love it, man. It just It's it's exactly what I envisioned, and I hope he continues to get angry at it. Because what Triple H is doing to me, it's a lot better than what Vince McMahon was doing. I don't know how it could have gotten worse. Well, I think what Triple H and WWE does, which no other company does, in my opinion, is they appeal to all demos, um, all likes. Uh, and with that being said, it's like the professional wrestling, the sports entertainment, and the casuals. All are tuning into WWE because they do it better than anybody else. They, they hit on all three levels. AW will get there. Um, they're doing more entertainment stuff than I have ever seen, and it's very entertaining. So, uh, again, I think there's a lot of things that Paul Levesque is doing very well, Triple H, that maybe, you know, at this point in time, Vince doesn't have his finger on the pulse or just, I don't see money in this guy. And realistically, like, times have changed. So, again, I would, I, I'm just happy that Triple H is getting the chance, but time will tell with a lot of this stuff. If Triple H and WWE and, and the ratings don't continue and the attendance doesn't continue to rise, then... Maybe he'll be out of power, but realistically, Triple H has a loaded, Paul Levesque has a loaded roster to work with. Yeah. An yeah. absolutely stacked one. And if he doesn't produce good content and good storylines, then it's on him. A loaded roster and a great team that he's uh, surrounded himself with, no doubt about it. Uh, speaking of Paul Levesque, uh, he couldn't wait to bring War Games back last year at Survivor Series. And a lot of people were wondering and have been wondering what's going on with this year's Survivor Series. Why hasn't War Games been announced? Well, I could tell you why War Games hasn't been announced because Vince McMahon was majority in charge of creative and he didn't really want War Games at Survivor Series this year. That's my prediction on that. But now that we got this news that he's been knighted by Endeavor and he's showing up on Friday Night SmackDown, he's not there to just uh, 
pandered to the crowd and spit water in everybody's face. I, I do think that he's going to announce War Games is coming back to Survivor Series on Friday. He will have a major announcement, though he didn't really come out and say that he would have an announcement. He's just making an appearance. But then Fightful Drew updates everybody today that War Games is indeed planned for Survivor Series this year. And 2022, as you guys know, saw the first ever main roster War Games match in Boston with both men and women's matches taking place. And from what they've heard, the men's match is on the table, and they have not heard of a women's match as of yet, but it was heavily implied that Judgment Day would be a part of the men's War Games match. No details right now are confirmed, but Survivor Series, obviously, as you guys know, take place, uh, takes place in Chicago November 25th. So that's a, that's a great move right there. War Games and Survivor Series go hand in hand. I love the War Games aspect of Survivor Series. I thought when NXT brought it back, it was brilliant. Um, I love that they, you know, give it a nod to the history of the business and the nostalgia of that type of event. And it's one of my favorite events of the year because realistically, I mean, how many times can you do the five on five? I wouldn't mind seeing one or two matches this year of it, but to have a whole card surrounding it and then a world championship match, et cetera, just that nah. um, it, it's gone past its prime. So for me, um, I enjoy war games. I don't know. I don't think that announcement is coming on Friday. Could it? Sure. I think there's something else. I uh, don't know what that is yet. They're keeping it very tight lipped, but they have a, you know, a premium live event in Saudi Arabia coming up. I think, you know, they're not going to jump and be like, Hey everybody, even though we have an event in Saudi in a couple weeks here, don't forget war games is coming to survivor series. I think they'll make that announcement about war games, maybe right at or after that Saudi pay-per-view premium live event. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here, man. What, what do you, sure. what do you think about the war games match? Because uh, it, it could go a, a couple of different ways. And from what we've seen on television, uh, I'm assuming at least the baby face side of things, because we got judgment day and the bloodline, kind of the two biggest uh, heel factions right now. So I'm assuming with their uh, agreement to work together and combine forces here to take out the, the baby faces that will get some sort of mixture of judgment day and bloodline in, in the war games. But on the babyface side of things, we're probably looking at Cody Rhodes. We're probably looking at Jay Uso, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and L.A. Knight. All of these men have had a problem with Judgment Day and Bloodline uh, at some point or another. And then if you want to fuse the Bloodline and Judgment Day, I could see uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Uso, Solo, uh, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio. Now, I, I don't know if Roman's going to want to work a War Games match. I don't know if WWE wants to put him in a War Games match. He really hasn't been on TV. Maybe they have him defend the title at Survivor Series against John Cena. I don't know. What do you, what do you make of this, and what's your prediction for the War Games match? So I just wrote it down. Um, Roman's got to be a part of it. I mean, I get the whole you know thing here, but maybe we don't have uh, Dom, or maybe we don't have Finn. I don't know. One of the Judgment Day Priest will definitely be in it um, because they'll – you know, that whole briefcase stuff. I mean, they're going to, they're going to run with that. Um, Priest will be in it. I think we go solo Finn, Jimmy priest, Roman. And I think we have, like you said, LA Knight, Sami Zayn, and Jay and Cody um, on the face baby face side. That's what I, my prediction, you could easily swap out LA Knight for somebody if they needed to AJ um, probably. Yeah, they could. The other thing is, is that, you know, if they don't want solo to, to be in this match, you can kind of just be the enforcer. Then you could easily put, Dom in, but 
um nxt don't they run a show um uh in a, a, a pay-per-view kind of like simultaneously with survivor series Could i think uh I, I think uh it's in december i think they're doing that right. uh that nxt deadline show i think Got that's it. the next premium live event uh maybe john, i don't know that. when john cena leaves john cena didn't indicate that you know as soon as this writer shit is over and actor shit is over and holly he's back to work so uh so i don't think john's working survivor series you don't no i, I mean sorry. he, he he could, but I just don't think so. He may he may be gone by that point. So I was just making uh, uh, an assumption there that he may stay for for that. It's a big show, uh, but uh, him and Roman potentially could be a match. Uh, Roman and AJ could be a match if they don't want to put LA Knight in the in the War Games match. They could do LA Knight and Roman Reigns at Survivor Series, which I don't really agree with. Uh, I don't think you really stifle LA Knight's momentum by putting him in that match. But I mean, they got some ways to work around it. I mean, you could get Roman in there, make it work. You can have Roman defend the title, make it work. I think at this point he should really be defending that championship, being that it took two months off. Yeah, I mean, I well, I would love to see Roman defend his title yeah. at Survivor Series, but I think this is just another vehicle. They're going to have a world championship match, maybe a tag match at Crown Jewel. Well, excuse me, Roman's undisputed WWE World Championship at Crown Jewel. They could either do a singles or a tag match. If I think this is both these premium live events are an easy way to get Roman's reign extended as we make our way to the Royal Rumble in Tampa, where Roman will have one of the biggest challenges possibly of his reign. Who that is, I don't know. But the Rumble year after year, especially with Roman, has always presented a huge challenge for him. So I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But I think they could easily take both these premium live events and not have Roman defend his championship. Would it be a miss? Maybe. Uh, listen, but I think they- uh, I saw some people in the chat, I want to cut you off, but a lot of people mentioned yeah. Randy Orton. You know, I could see Randy Orton and Roman Reigns at the pay-per-view. That's a big that's That a big could time work. Match, you know, that I don't know when work. Orton's coming back. I don't know if you heard anything about Orton coming back. I know we talked about it last week. Well, I will say this. Randy, you know, has been doing a ton of things at, at the Performance Center. Uh, he told a lot of people to be quiet. I think Randy, you know, not wasting him uh, at Fastlane, was the smart call. I mean, we could have easily seen it, but realistically, where did he have fit? We didn't see it. I'm fine with it. Again, when I said what I said, I think Randy's closer now than ever. I think it's easily, you know, um, crown jeweler survivor series, a hundred percent. I don't think we go into December and January. Could they? Sure. Will they? I doubt it. No, we're not doing Seth versus Roman at survivor series. No, that's, that's, uh, that's, Again, that's awful. That's a Royal Rumble type of big challenge for him, and I don't think Seth is going to do that. I think you could see, truthfully, just so L.A. Knight isn't in the Rumble, I think you could see L.A. Knight and Roman for the title at the Royal Rumble. You know, you could do that. You could, And if they really are going with Rock and Roman at WrestleMania, don't be surprised if that SmackDown trade happens because we don't know who the hell that guy is, and Cody's over on SmackDown, and then he challenges Roman. I'm telling you, Tampa, I will be there. Tampa is going to be... The Royal Rumble is going to be a massive show with heavy implications on what happens at WrestleMania. Not like it, I'm breaking any news here because the Royal Rumble always is, but this one especially has some, some major stuff attached to it. Okay. WrestleMania season booked by Triple H. Again, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Survivor Series, uh, you know, a lot of people talking about Chicago and Survivor Series, and then the, uh, the elephant in the room is mm. Mr. CM Punk. Last week, it was Nick Houseman of House of Wrestling that indicated that he had sources that told him that CM Punk is likely for Survivor Series. Now, now House of Wrestling and Nick Houseman apparently is uh, CM Punk's personal PR department. As soon as he needs a story, he goes right there and gets, uh, gets the word out. But now, Drew, this week, according to Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez, WWE decided not to bring CM Punk back, and they declined to offer him a return to the company. Now, Meltzer says this, right now, no. 
but it could change. It could always change. And it was made yeah. very clear to me that if business went down, they know it's a card that they could play. But is it worth it? And how bad is their business going to go down, really? I mean, even if this hot streak, as far as live events, cools off, I guess eventually it always does. I mean, their profit margin is ridiculous. Who needs the headaches, he says. And then he goes on to say a bunch of blah, 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 blah. Who said who needs the headaches? That's what Dave Meltzer said about uh, CM Punk joining WWE. Who needs the headaches? I mean, Dave, with all due respect... Really, man, he's really fair in his assessment there, man. I mean, yeah, WWE would, if if it all worked out, um, I understand maybe a lot of people in the locker room don't want Phil Brooks and CM Punk back, but I will say this, who in the, who in the hell is going to, is Phil Brooks going to punk out in WWE's locker room? And I didn't use that word intentionally, but it, it goes. Who is Phil Brooks going to punk out in that locker room? There ain't nobody, nobody. he's punking out. Nobody. So there's no pubescent boys there's no little kids children like he he has to work with children there's none of that over there in wwe land you're not punking out anybody phil brooks will probably have to come in and he will be whistling fucking dixie when he comes in if he does come in and he'll be on his best behavior he'll be a fucking choir boy so yeah. i mean let's cut the shit phil brooks is if he gets another chance with wwe he'll be on his best behavior he will okay? and, and he will be he will be just another guy cody's just another guy but wwe's treated cody very very well i don't know how well they'll treat cm punk upon return he may have to prove himself and work his way back up to to gaining that trust but you know he's not going to have creative control like he did on a collision he's not going to be an evp which i believe he was in, in aew he's not going to have that type of power he's just going to be another guy and, and that Meltzer report actually came after a fightful report drew where Fightful actually said, and Sap put this on Fightful Select, that Punk and WWE are not in talks for a return. And Sean Ross Sapp says, those high up in the company uh, in WWE, that any reports of CM Punk signing with WWE are completely false. And as of October 10th, yesterday, the claim internally is that WWE is not in conversations with, with Punk about a comeback. There were several in the company that wanted to make that clear for fans expecting to see him at Survivor Series this year. So my question to you, bro, is Fightful, Sean Ross, Sap does a great job. He's mm -hmm. very fair in what he does. Meltzer, Alvarez, take with a grain of salt. You guys have your own assessments of them. Mike Johnson, uh, very good at what he does, too. I don't think he's going to put his reputation out there and put Love bullshit Mike. behind a, a, a paywall and not really, you know, stand behind it. But my question to you is, how the fuck... Do any of these people know anything about CM Punk? And I said this on my on my actually that I did today that I uploaded. You guys go go check it out. The only people that know anything regarding this situation are four people, and, and, and that's excluding Phil Brooks, Nick Khan, Triple H, Vince McMahon, and Ari Emanuel. Now okay. they said they said it was Vince McMahon's what about decision. Phil Brooks? I said excluding excluding Phil Brooks. Like he right. like he knows he knows what's going on obviously, yeah. and, right. and his and his wife and Larry. But. Um, how does anybody fucking know about this? Like, why, why would the dirt sheets know and then start putting out this information on October 10th and, and Survivor Series is November 25th? Bro, if Edge and the deal with AEW came in nine days, why can't the same thing happen with Phil Brooks and, and WWE? How the fuck do these people know? And that's the thing, right? Um, I give a lot of credit to Sean. Sean does his homework. And what Sean basically did, Sean Rossap, shout out to Sean, good friend of mine. Um, and I will say this, Sean does his research. He does his homework. Sean has made a name for himself because Sean will not put his name to something that he doesn't uh, uh, literally comb through and, and, and make sure that every avenue has been checked. Um, so 
Sean does that. And what Sean basically said is that WWE and Phil Brooks have not had any conversations. And I'm sure Sean got great information. <clears throat> it doesn't mean things could change because they can. And basically right now, what everyone's saying is, hey, we don't, you know, we have no interest. They have no interest. We'll see what happens. He has interest. Who knows? It's all he said, she said. But at the end of the day, if in talks intensify, Sean didn't say that there is no chance. Mike Johnson didn't say that there was no chance that Phil, Phil Brooks ends up in WWE. No, only Meltzer right. said it. Right. So <clears throat> we can forget that. I like Dave, um, but I will say, like, you know, I don't think CM Punk, Phil Brooks, is talking to Mike. Or, excuse me, I don't think he's talking to Dave. I know he loves Mike. Um, and I just think that right now what all these entities are doing are basically covering their ass just in case. And so is WWE, truthfully. WWE is getting that name out of the, the stratosphere, out of the out of the universe, out of X, Twitter, whatever you're calling it, all over the social media stuff. So that is not talked about. If Phil Brooks, CM Punk doesn't show up at Survivor Series, maybe shows up at the Rumble. Maybe they get a deal done. It all depends. Endeavor, Endeavor wants him. I can confirm that. Endeavor wants Who Phil Who wouldn't Brooks. want him? Right. So here's the deal. But they're going to take the pulse of their locker room and their higher-ups and the guys that and girls that run WWE and help the business run. And if he's not wanted, then they're going to have to sit back and take some things into the equation. But at the end of the day, if he can help drive business and drive revenue, there'll always be a spot for Phil Brooks, CM Punk, if he comes in with the right attitude. And I think, like I said, I think it'll be whistling Dixie. I think he'll, you know, uh, be a choir boy if they bring him back. And I mean, again, I think Sean and Mike are, are reporting what they get and it's good information. But basically what they're saying is there's nothing right now. Um, and when things change, they could just say, you know, talks intensified. And now, you know, Phil Brooks, CM Punk is on his way back to WWE. They never said that it's a dead deal. Nothing's happening. Done deal. Not happening. Like that was never stated. Booker T spoke on his podcast about CM Punk and asked the question. It's a legitimate question. And, you know, Booker T has had his fair share of bad takes. But this one actually is a good take and a great topic of discussion. He said, and I quote, what does CM Punk add to WWE right now at this point? What does CM Punk add to WWE? That's a, that's a very valid and fair question. And my question to you, Drew, is, you know, the way I look at it, you know, I know you may have a different opinion. I have a different opinion on Phil Brooks. I don't like what he did in, in AEW. Uh, I said I'm all for the chaos. I would love to see him in, in WWE, but I do think that, the main reason why WWE would bring Phil Brooks in is because it would ultimately be a fucking hot knife in the back of Tony Khan's back. And, and Phil Brooks probably wants to do everything he can to get back at AEW for the, how they treated him. And, and I know Phil Brooks, I don't know Phil Brooks personally, but I can guarantee you that Phil Brooks does not want to end his career the way that it ended in AEW and then call it a wrestling career. He's not going to allow that to happen. So where else does he have to go where he's going to make this type of money with this type of spotlight? He's not going to go to Impact. He's not going to go to New Japan. He's not going to do any of that. But my question to you is, with WWE having bigger numbers than ever before, they may be looking at Phil Brooks as, well, we don't really need you. You, you need us more than we need you. So if they do bring him in, what is the reason that they're bringing him in for? Because they're making more money than anybody ever and any time in their history, so what the fuck do they need him for? What would what would be what would be adding CM Punk to do for a for a WWE? Well, I mean the the thing here is you know does WWE need Phil Brooks CM Punk? The answer is no. I mean the business is going to continue to thrive with or without him. Does WWE look at this as a potential like, hey, we could really stack up WrestleMania, the first WrestleMania under the Endeavor TKO WWE UFC umbrella? Yeah, that's something they could do. 
And I think if, again, everything, the stars align and everybody gets on the same page and everybody wants to do business and behave and act like mature adults, it will happen. Um, does CM Punk bring something to WWE that WWE doesn't already have? I'd say yes and no. Do they need him? Does their product live and die with Phil Brooks? No. I think he is more valuable to AEW than he is to WWE, but that ship has sailed. And to your point, does Phil Brooks, CM Punk, want to go out like this? No, he got back into professional wrestling because he fell back in love with it. The money was good. We could do all this all day. But at the end of the day, I think Phil Brooks, CM Punk, is a professional wrestling sports entertainment lover. He is a fan at heart. He doesn't want to see his storied career go out like this. Now, with all the punk teases, too, that's another thing that was brought up in uh, Sap's report. We did uh, we did press sources, says Sap, on numerous teases that have happened or things that could be perceived as CM Punk teases. The higher up that we spoke to and a top talent that we spoke to said that they're sure that most of these teases are not cleared beforehand and might be wrestlers doing it themselves with WWE talent saying they might even be doing it to get under CM Punk's skin. You're free as a reader to not believe that, says Sap. Now, why would they want to get under CM Punk's skin when he, he he's absolutely nothing to them at this point? They're sitting pretty in the E with a job and they got TV time and they're making money and doing whatever. And Punk doesn't have a job and he got fired from the only place that would fucking take him in, in AEW. Why would they want to get under his skin? And, and then the teases, this two-part question, what, what are the, what, why would they allow that to get under the skin? And, and do you think the teases are WWE saying, well, we don't want him. But we're going to do the teases to see how it goes well on social media. And, and maybe because of the fans and the excitement, maybe they'll convince us to bring them back. Is that the reason for the teases? I mean, I think that's a stretch. I think that if Triple H was, you know, Paul Vec was being petty. Um, I mean, this could be all an elaborate, like, petty plan, but I just don't see that. I think Triple H is conducting business and he has bigger fish to fry than being petty to Phil Brooks, CM Punk. Um, do I think this is like a litmus test? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I, I truly believe that um, WWE always has their finger on the pulse, and I think that this could be something where one thing turned into like 10 different things and it's been blown out of proportion, and now they're just making it obvious. But I don't... Again, Triple H is not going to make that call. Paul Levesque's not going to make no. that final call. I mean, WWE was, you know, publicly traded, but they were still owned by the McMahons. So when Fox wanted Punk back and they were willing to pay his whole salary, and WWE was like, no... They could do that. Now this is a little different. There's a there's more heads involved here. There's more people involved who are going to sway that decision. And again, if the locker room doesn't want it, that's one part of the you know the voting process here on a star or a talent. But if the figureheads think that this man is going to drive business, and you know they give him, hey, listen, this is what's going to happen. This is what we're going to pay you. And if you can't get your shit together and you can't act like an adult and do business, we will terminate you immediately and all of your money is null and void, I think they can get something done. But again, right now, I think WWE is doing a very good job of keeping everybody kind of like guessing. And they also don't want, if they can't get a deal done, or they don't get a deal done, to have Survivor Series show up and everybody have a letdown because that's going to be a big pay-per-view for them. So now they're kind of basically shooting this stuff down so that if it happens, it happens, and it's more of like, holy shit, look what they pulled off, rather than a, what the fuck, man? How come you didn't give us punk? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't I don't think WWE expects their fans to fucking know what was said on Ring of Honor TV 25 years ago. I mean, I don't know why would anybody in the company would expect that. I mean, you got these no-lifers out there uh, trying to decode promos and uh, movie quotes that Corey Graves 
right. has gone out there and said on, on commentary. One, one, someone in the chat, Ben Espinosa, said this is the same shit that they did with Cody Rhodes. Maybe. Uh, may, 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 maybe. But, but you know, if, if they do bring in Punk for Survivor Series or they bring him in for a debut in the Royal Rumble, you know, most of these teases have come from Rollins. Are, are they teasing yeah. a potential Rollins and CM Punk uh, world championship title match? Obviously, that would take place at WrestleMania. Do you justify bringing him in and rewarding him with a WrestleMania match against one of your top guys for, for a world championship? I mean... I don't know how you could justify that when you got no. Gunther sitting there, you know? No, I, with the, you know, you never know what the ticking time bomb is of CM Punk. And, you know, if we can get Stone Cold Steve Austin to agree, yes. that's the match that I would have. Because yeah. you realistically, you don't know how many matches Austin has left in his in his carcass. Probably like one, two, maybe tops. Yeah. And you don't know the ticking time bomb that could be CM Punk, Phil Brooks. So let's get that match done. Let's have him eat a bunch of stunners. And Phil will probably do business with Austin because he'd be a fool not to. He'll have a hell of a payday. Um, and that's the route I think they would go. But maybe Seth Rollins was being petty. I don't know. I don't know. But I will tell you this, J.D., the uh, Diamondbacks are beating the shit out of the Dodgers for nothing, and the Astros are headed to take on the Rangers in the ALCS. Oh, Baltimore's eliminated? No, Baltimore's who, who, eliminated. And Minnesota's eliminated, yes. Get out of here. Everybody was like, oh, Baltimore's going to the World Series, man. Well, what happened? You know. Shit happens, man. Uh, listen, fuck the Dodgers. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> But I mean, do you do you envision anything happening with WWE and CM Punk? Do you envision him showing up at Survivor Series, or do you envision him maybe showing up later on down the road? And what WWE is doing is kind of, you know, um, putting out these flames—no pun intended—that he's going to show up at the Allstate Arena. Uh, I think uh, it's very likely that WWE realizes that the fans are smarter than they uh, than they would like them to be, and, and I do think that they're onto something. And I do think that WWE is doing their best by reaching out to every publication that all these geeks read, and they're trying to dumb down the information because CM Punk will be in Chicago. Now, if he's not in Chicago, he will be at the Royal Rumble because I do think that a Royal Rumble CM Punk uh, return would be fucking just absolutely incredible. But uh, it's one of the two. I I do think at the end of the day, he will be back. I don't give a shit what the report says. Yeah, and again, what I think this is is that these are men and women who are getting good information. The people at Fightful, Sean, Mike Johnson, some others. What they're doing is they're gathering information, and it's good information. And what WWE is saying is right now, me and C, uh, us and CM Punk, we don't have it. Phil Brooks, we don't have any communications, and realistically, we're not really interested right now. That could all change very rapidly. Yeah. Uh, we got one piece of AEW news here. We had uh, Cash Wheeler supposedly injured, and this is why FTR lost the Tag Team Championships on Saturday night on collision against... Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Apparently, while on the Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer noted that Cash Wheeler is not injured. And it was added that FTR would be back in the tag team title mix soon as the match and losing dominantly was their idea to set up a future rematch. So Meltzer said, no, it's all storyline. It's just uh, these guys wanted to put over Starks and Big Bill big and you know they're going to be back in the mix and get the rematch. Uh, it was their idea for sure. So I don't really understand why that was the case there, number one, um, because FTR had a, a, a tremendous rain going there only to stop it. Everybody thought it was an injury. Now it's not an injury. Great for Big Bill and Ricky Starks. They've been doing some great work. But it almost sounds like, Drew, that you know they kind of formulated and fabricated a story here 
where FTR didn't have anything and they wanted to swap the titles on Big Bill and Ricky Starks because they weren't really being, FTR hasn't been given anything substantial as far as storyline goes and they're just trying to make up something so that they feel like they're in a story here. It's like, they didn't really need to drop the titles. Just book a fucking story for them. Yeah, I, you know, the FTR dropping these championships to Starks and, and Bill, um, I think this might be just like a little bit of a do-good for Ricky. Yeah. I think Rick, I think Ricky was slated to win that real world's championship. Um, and I think he was stated, for, you know, slated for a push. I think Phil Brooksy and Punk was going to do business with Ricky. That was pretty obvious um, and do the right business by him. Um, but man, yeah, they're, really, they're, they're really trying to keep Ricky Starks happy, huh? I don't know if that's going to work, man. I think everything. I don't think it matters. Gonna, I don't no. think it matters, JD. I think no. his buddy. It's like you know, if I signed with with WWE and there was an opportunity for me to bring you in, you know, and you were you were working for AW and you wanted to work with me again, you would come over there, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, doesn't matter how many championship opportunities, all this other shit. How many main event? It doesn't matter. I want to go over there. I want to be with my buddies. I'll. The, the business has changed. People's mentalities have changed. They want to work with their friends. Um, you know, this is a different generation. It's not the Scott Hall generation. May he rest in peace and all those other people who I've got a lot of friends. I'd like to make some money. And even Scott went over with Kevin. It wasn't like Scott went by himself. So, I mean, there's, I, I just think Ricky is a foregone conclusion to AEW or to WWE. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And, and a lot of people are making a big deal about FTR losing this match in, in five minutes and, and Dax took most of the offense here. Everybody was thinking Cash was hurt. People were making assumptions online. Well, FTR is on their way out because Dax was like, thank you, uh, top guys out. We'll see you soon or whatever. And people were making a big deal about him saying top guys out without realizing that that's his catchphrase. He says that everything after every fucking promo. Like, they're not going anywhere. They just signed the deal yeah, to stay with deal. AEW for four years till 2027. They're not unhappy I mean, their best friend, one of their best friends, just joined the company. Why the fuck would they want to leave? Yeah, they're not <laughs> leaving. They're not leaving. Um, and I just, I, I think, again, this is people making mountains out of mohills. Uh, I do have something that I want to add to the program here. And okay. I want to ask you a question, Shoot. a couple things here. Did you see the trailer for the Von Erich biopic, The Iron Claw? I did not, but a lot of people are saying that it's going to look good. You should definitely go check it out. Um, we already know the ending to the movie, but it's something everyone's going to want to watch, and it's it seems like it's riveting. So um, I would go ahead and check that out. If you guys and girls in the chat haven't seen that, go ahead and do that. Uh, and shout um, out, and shout out to the uh, to uh, you guys um, watching the OVW stuff on on Netflix. It's fucking excellent. I I didn't know what to expect. Everybody's like, you got to go watch it. Watch at least one episode. You get hooked. Uh, I think uh, the whole show is fucking great. And I actually. Want to see some of those talents actually succeed, man. You feel for them stories. I don't know if you watch it yet. I think it's great. Yeah, shout out to uh, Al Snow, David Hero, Cal Hero. Um, those are my guys. Um, you know, I, I've met Al a couple times, but Dave and Cal are like family to me. So um, really excited and happy to see what OVW is doing. They're selling out yeah. multiple shows and everything else like that due to the, net, you know, to the Netflix popularity, but due to what they're, they're doing in the ring. And uh, I am, for one, uh, I'm excited to see what happens with OVW, and I, I love the series. Um, something else I want to ask you, uh, Nick Patrick on Adam Copeland joining AEW. He said there's no loyalty in wrestling anymore. Do you agree or disagree? Of course there's loyalty in wrestling. I mean, you know, at some point, bro, you know, there, there may be loyalty or or some sort of loyalty in the beginning, but at the end of the day, you got to look out for yourself. So if people want to misinterpret that as being misloyal, like, like if Ricky Starks wants to go join Cody, you know, there's loyalty to Cody that he wants to be with Cody. Like Cody helped him get it, get his foot in the door. He wants to be with Cody. He wants to be with his friends, like you said. But you know, that doesn't mean he's turning his back on AEW. 
Uh, I'm sure AEW is going to give him an open door to come whenever he wants it, if the time comes for him to go back there. But, you know, he, Tony Khan said the same thing about Jade. I mean, it was just a very well-professionally done statement by Tony Khan. And, and what he did for Jade, he could have easily buried her. You know, he put her out big on on, on national television against Chris Statlander in a losing effort. But, now th- th- I mean, you could say that about any profession. I, I mean, look at look at the Braves when, when they lost Tom Glavin. I was thinking the same thing, like... You know, Tom Glavin went to the fucking Mets. Where's the loyalty to Tom Glavin to the Atlanta Braves franchise? You know what I thought when I got older? I'm like, there was nothing more for Tom Glavin to do in the fucking Atlanta. Yeah, how many right. Cy Youngs did he win? He won a fucking championship. He wanted to go push himself somewhere else. Right. Why Why are you sliding him for that? Go do it. Edge wanted to do the same thing. Did you hear his uh, talk his Jericho interview? I mean, it was great. I listened to it on, uh, on the way doing my errands today in the car. He said the same thing. There's nothing for me to do there. I want to push myself at the age of 50. Like, look at all right. the matches that I got waiting for me. You know, at that hey, age, it's incredible. He wanted to be full-time. He wanted to be with his buddies and family members and everything else like that. I mean, he considers, you know, Christian and FTR uh, family members. So, yeah, I mean, the loyalty in wrestling, I mean, listen, Nick, I respect you, but, I mean, you never saw the heights that Adam Copeland and anybody else did. So, you, you fortunately have never had to make that decision, truthfully, so... With all due respect, I mean, I'm not going to crap on a guy for making a living and being with his buddies. No, WWE had nothing for him realistically. Even Triple H said, "You know, we wished Adam the best. We felt like he got every, we got everything we could out of him, and he got everything we could out of us." And over there is a brand new canvas for him, so go for it. Again, that um, Iron Claw stuff was done by the same production company that did Uncut Gems, so it's going to be good. And May twenty four, uh, May twenty four comes out. No, the production company is A24. Oh, A24. I, believe it, I believe it comes out in December. I'd have okay, to confirm nice. that. But And yeah. uh, by the way, what did Triple H say about that Edge uh, Adam Copeland thing? He wished him his best, but he's like, the machine always keeps moving. Right, and that's the thing. It's like the NFL. Next man up. Somebody yep. gets hurt. You don't see somebody. Ah, that they, It's next man up. That's how it is. And with WWE, you know, they, got, they squeezed all of that that they could out of Edge, Adam Copeland, in my opinion. Could they have given him another world championship run? Yeah, would I have liked to have seen it? Absolutely. But they felt like they got everything they could. And Adam Copeland said, hey, I still have a lot left in this tank. I'm going to go to AEW, work full-time, and do some things that I haven't been able to do. And get paid. And get paid. Yes, absolutely. Most important thing in life, get paid. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on uh, this very special Wednesday episode of TNT. Preempted because Dynamite and NXT wanted to go at each other's throats last night. So uh, we got uh, Tuesday Night Titans on a Wednesday uh, we got 2,200 plus in here. We appreciate you. We're at 718. Uh, as far as the likes go, 718 likes. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up and let's try to get to 1,000 likes tonight. Super chats are open. We'll get into them in a second. Memberships are always open on the channel. Get them on in and go check out all the other content on the channel that I uploaded. Everything you need is on the homepage. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Go follow Drew at Andrew Bedala on Twitter. And uh, next week, I don't know what we're doing because I'm taking a little mini uh, getaway for myself. Uh, so I will be still away on Tuesday. I will obviously be uh, in contact with Drew about when we could get a show done. If we don't do it during the week, I'll be back on Thursday or Wednesday. I'll be back, but maybe we'll do something Thursday or maybe we'll do something on the weekend depending on the schedule. So. Always That's here, that. always willing and able. Enjoy your vacation. Thank you. Uh, let's get into the Super Chats, guys. Tyler with a $4.99. Uh, the dirt sheet said Edge, Bray, Cody all fizzled. 
But then they all returned to WWE. Same thing is going to happen with Punk. Did they say that Cody fizzled? Where, where did Cody fizzle? I just checked my phone to see that, and I don't, I don't see it. Jeff, where do you feel? Come on. Where are we getting this stuff from? <laughs> I, I don't know. Also, Tyler, with a 199 War Games is coming back. Triple H with the W. Yes, love War Games. Uh, Nick Williams with a 5. AEW and NXT got me hooked last night. Consider me entertained. Can SmackDown top it, though? Also, enjoy your break, JD. You'll be missed. Thank you, brother. Uh, and also, uh, he says, uh, AEW, stupid autocorrect. Get it out. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, I knew what you meant, brother. Yeah, I I mean. Can SmackDown top it? I mean, yeah. why are we comparing shows, man? Just enjoy the show, please. Enjoy what we enjoy. Jason Bark with a five. How are my OTS brothers and sisters doing tonight? I hopefully uh, think everybody's doing good, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond the script with a 499. Hi, JD and Drew. I stirred the pot up well today. Even got Tony Khan in the thread. I'll probably be uh, edited if I say, LOL, love this version of TK. Uh, why are you stirring the pot on social media, bro? Hey, whatever. Who cares? I don't know what you... Th- what, uh, are you uh, going at it with other geeks about the ratings? I mean... MGM balling with 23 months. Wednesday Night Warriors. One month t- till I'm golden. Yes. 24 months, brother. Can't wait. Sorry about the Braves, man. At least you aren't a Yankee fan. They turned down Harper. Shaking my head. Well, I fuck it's with not. It. It's fuck not over. Harper. It's not over yet. No, it's not over yet, but uh, it's not looking Goddamn faith. Uh, yeah, fuck Bryce Harper, man. I can't stand that motherfucker. Uh, even, even when he was with the uh, fucking Nationals. Nationals. Uh, Phil with a 999. I watch AEW Live and then NXT today. I thought both shows did very well for themselves. I don't care about numbers. I care about the overall quality of the shows. And in my eyes, they both delivered. They did. There you go. Tribal Chief with three months. Just showing my, res- showing my respect for the best broadcast on YouTube. Love your show and can't wait to see what Triple H uh, does. It'll be good shit, pal. Thank you, Tribal Chief. Baby Shaq with 17 months. What's up, JD and Drew? The three-man band was on a roll last night. I didn't get a chance to watch Dynamite because of work. I highly suggest you go out and watch it, man. Great show. Baby Shaq. Devoted. New membership. Thank you, Devoted. Tenario with a 999. JD, have you ever played Baldur's Gate? No. I haven't played much of anything lately, man. I've kind of slacked on my uh, on my gaming. I did play the new Call of Duty uh, beta that came out this past weekend. Not a fan. Uh, Jason Barker with a $5 super chat. Soraya, acknowledge me and like my tweet today. I'm on the rise, y'all. Is that what you guys are uh, calling a good day now when a pro wrestler likes the tweets? Come on, Jason. Soraya lost her championship, man. A lot of people are upset about that. I'm one of them, depending on what happens at full gear. Yeah. Hopefully Mercedes. Uh, 20-minute promo with eight months. The We Won People give off I Kiss My Dad on the Lips energy. Oh, boy. Imagine how heartbroken these people will be when they find out they don't work there. Tell me how you really feel, bro. Uh, George Isaac. George Isaac with a $100 super chat. Wow. George, thank you so much, brother. That's uh, quite a lot of bit of money. Thank you for your generosity. What do you think of Breaker being a Hammond guy? I love him. Me too. Oh, we just got to see. We got to end the bloodline stuff because I, you can't have Paul doing bloodline stuff and Ron Breaker stuff. Yeah. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. Sure. Shaking my head that people can't just enjoy some of both shows that we have to pick a side. And it's a hollow win for NXT because they didn't use uh, NXT talent. I mean, they used NXT talent, but it was mostly main roster talent. Yes. 
Yeah, I, I will say something about NXT Halloween Havoc that I thought was, you know, kind of jumping off the page. Because night one, you're getting uh, Becky Lynch versus, versus um, Roxanne. Uh, Laura... No, no, no it's... Uh, 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 what's her Laura, name? Laura... Uh, Valkyra? Um, I, yeah. And Lyra. they... Yeah, they grew up together. They kind of trained together, all that stuff. And Becky was like her role model and everything else like that. Maybe Becky right. drops that championship to... Um, what is it? Lyra? Lyra that Valkyria? Is? Lyra, okay. Um, and that's why yeah, Becky held that championship for NXT. That would be rather disappointing, man. I'm just saying, it seems like, you know, maybe Beck, that's who Becky wants to drop it to, truthfully. I don't know. We'll see. Um, is that the only thing booked for Halloween Havoc right now? I think night one, and then I think night two is uh, Dragonoff versus somebody. We're, we're going to get the winner of that triple threat, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I am woman within nine months. Thank you, I am woman, for a membership for nine months. Whoever celebrates when a wrestling promotion does poorly in the ratings, they're not really wrestling fans. I totally agree. I am woman. I am man. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Swift, 718, six months. Thank you, brother. Salute, men. All hell pro wrestling. Out with Vince, in with creativity, competitive juices, and great execution that we hopefully have ahead of us. I agree. Salancha. JC720 with 14 months. I'm really enjoying Tuesday Night Titans. Great chemistry between you two. OTS. Yeah. Thank you, JC. Yeah. Justin with you, 14 months. Wait, I'm sorry, Drew. Do you feel him, sir? Do I feel him? You clearly didn't see the press conference, huh? No. Uh, you you mean the Jay J- and Cody stuff? Yeah, you need to go back Eat. and watch that. Eat. Do you feel him, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Justin with 14 months. Hey, guys, I love the Dynamite recap last night. I also love TNT and JD. You're about to be right. Braves are down 2-1 in this series. I don't want to be right. But whatever, man. If they lose, they lose. I'm not going to fucking lose sleep over it. Uh, Tone C with a $2 super die. Enjoying the show. Having a bonfire and a few Stellas. What nice. a good bonfire. A Thun with a 5. If the rumors of Endeavor giving majority control of creative to Triple H are true, do you think it's possible we see a true black and gold revival in NXT? No. No. Dead. It's dead. Shawn Michaels is doing what he's got to do down there, man. Like asking if my grandma and grandpa are going to rise out of the grave. It's done. Let it be. I miss them. We all miss black and gold, but it's done. It's dead. Enough. Joseph Gonzalez with a 499. I wonder if WWE is trying to get Discovery to bid for Raw and NXT. The media rights for those two shows and AEW end next fall. Is that a possibility? Warner and Discovery going after Raw? Yeah. No. I mean, you, I think Tony Khan would be a little pissed, man. Yeah. Uh, Justin with a $5 Super Chat. Since they started their careers together, do you think Edge brings in Rhino to help with Christian and Luchasaurus? Cheers, JD, Drew, Jesse, and Chat. Nah. I mean, we. I mean, Edge could do whatever the fuck he wants. I mean, he wants to make a suggestion like that to Tony Khan. I'm sure TK is going to make it happen. Of course, he's going to listen to Adam Copeland. Will Chisholm with a five. Sixteen women were on Raw this week. That's Triple H's booking of the women's division. Yeah, we've seen uh, a lot of people on Raw. Even if it was a minor segment, he still got people involved. Man, you just feel like things are changing over there. It's a good thing. Carl Stevenson with a one nine. Then on Seth vs. Roman at Survivor Series, cash in happens. I don't want to see Seth vs. Roman. I don't know why people are so enamored with Seth vs. Roman. <clears throat> I don't know. TK's on a, a roll here on Twitter, though. About what? Um, He basically took another shot at Vince McMahon. He said, yes, Vince allegedly used his power and influence to shoot a lot of shots. 
<laughs> He's not talking about shooting behind the three-point line either, man. No. Why is no. he still talking, though? Like, I don't know. I got to see this for myself. Is he really saying that? Is he replying to other people? Why is he replying to these fucking no-life virgins on Twitter, man? I don't know. I don't know. There were 16 women on Raw. That's awesome. Good. I, yeah. That's, that's a good number of women. I love 16 women. Now, Tony Khan must be uh, at the bar having a white claw, man. I don't know. Maybe he's celebrating his birthday uh, a day, uh, two days he, in a row. He's got a big game coming up. He better be prepping. Better be prepping. The Jags need another win, so he better be prepping for that. Tay-Tay with a $2 Super Jack. Triple H loves long-term booking. Yes, he does. El Mase with a 10. William Regal will be available to announce war games on TV. If so, goosebumps. I don't know. Um, I don't know when they let him go. What was that November? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. That'd be the smart announcement. Yeah. Uh, Deontay Smith with 499. Roman Cena at Crown Jewel. Roman War Games at Survivor Series. Roman Cody at Royal Rumble. Roman Rock and Cody Punk at WrestleMania 40. No. No, no Cody Punk. I mean, they could, but I just don't see it at WrestleMania. The, the other thing is, is that if John Cena is going to take on Roman Reigns again in a singles match and takes an L. it's pretty much I it. Mean, I don't want to see him back anymore. Right, and I think the I want to see John and Solo. I want Solo to I want John to do the business right by Solo. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Philip Newton with a nine nine denied JD. I had to block a lot of e drones on social media. I even hit a nerve when I called one Two Face for being an Edge fan and then hating on Edge when he left for AEW, bro. You know what? It is it is kind of strange though, JD, that like when Adam Copeland jumped over to AEW, everyone was like, "Ah, he's washed, he's old." But before that, they were like, "God, WWE, he's not going anywhere. What a send off! I love the guy. Like, we should come back." And then the same thing with Punk. Oh, Punk's a piece of shit. He's this, he's that. But then all of a sudden, he's available, and all the WWE fans are like, "Go grab him! What an asset!" Guys, make up your mind, guys. <laughs> they don't they don't know what the fuck they want, man. Uh, Philip Newton with a four nine nine. This PR stunt that WWE pulled is going to hurt NXT in the long run. They don't give a fuck as long as they're wa- uh, lining their, their wallets and pockets with money, man. They don't care. Yeah, they never cared about NXT. Uh, Tay-Tay with a 199. If CM Punk comes back to WWE, I'm all for it. Likewise, Prodigy Freebird with 26 months. I was talking with friends today and said if he can't appear in WWE, I'm sure Punk can't talk to WWE. No, he can't. He's still under a, some sort of con- contract with AEW. So, yes, that is a good point, Prodigy right. Freebird. He can't now, talk. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the major things that I didn't bring up is that we don't know the deal that him and Tony cut, Punk and Tony Khan cut. So we'll have to wait and see um, when that when those devil of the details come out. But realistically, like I'm under the impression that Phil Brooks can't have conversations with any professional wrestling company right now. But he did say he's got uh, the next two months off. So yeah, well he's got a two month non compete. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Jose Perez with a one ninety nine. Should both brands go at it three to four times a year? You mean AW and NXT? I, I mean, I don't care. I mean, I'm going to oh, enjoy whatever. You watch 2024. I think they'll be going at it week after week after week. And you heard it here live in October 11, 2023, that I believe that in 2024 and 2025, NXT and AW are going head-to-head every Wednesday. Robert Hurt with 31 months. JD, do you see DIY winning tag team gold on Raw? Yes, I do. But they have to build them up slow because the fans on Raw right now don't know how great Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa are. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a journey. But uh, this last couple of weeks has, has been a great start for sure. Uh, Robert Hurt with 31 months. JD, do you see DIY? Uh, I just read that. Sorry, Robert. Uh, Michael Crowley, $5 Super Chat. Hey, JD and Drew, I turned 50 the other day. 
stay white hot with TNT. Do you think MJF will get help from the pinnacle versus Bullet Club Gold? Maybe. Happy birthday. Maybe. Happy 50th, man. That's a big number. It is. Uh, Will Chisholm with a $5 Super Chat with seeing Pillman Jr.'s promo makes me wonder why AEW didn't try to give him a heel run. I mean, woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? We could do this all day. Yeah. Theme parks and things with Johnny with 11 months. Just want to say keep up the great work. Both of you, much love. Thank you, Johnny. Thanks, John. Furious Nation with 24 months. What's up, JD and Drew? Glad to be a member for 24 months. If Cody beats Roman at WrestleMania, could you see Breaker Cody for the WWE title after WrestleMania? Well, that's really hot shot in that. Uh, I think uh, Braun Breaker is going to be a future WWE champion for sure. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be against Cody, but let's ease him into a U.S. title or intercontinental title at first. We don't need to start hot shotting Braun Breaker up to the world championship just yet. What I would do is I would take the Gunther plan with and mix it with Braun Breaker. Gunther had a hell of a showing in the Royal Rumble, then started yeah. winning championships. Let's do that. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. That's a good idea. And then Tribal Chief with a six ninety nine. Do you think Ari always wanted full ownership of WWE from the beginning? If Vince were to be forced to step down, would what would happen to the other forty nine percent? Be bought up. I don't know, Ari says he wanted Vince, but, you know, the conspiracy theorist in me says that uh, they gave Vince what he wanted. They did They did work with Vince McMahon and agreed to do whatever he needed to do. And now that they got what they got, they're going to try and force him out. That's just the way I feel. Hopefully. Yep. Maybe. Uh, anyway, man, that is, uh, that is the last of the Super Chats and the uh, conclusion of another uh, episode, episode number 17. What do you got before we get the hell out of here? That's my favorite number. Uh, I have nothing. Just enjoy yourselves, enjoy your family, and remember, professional wrestling is an escape from reality. And thank you. That we had almost 2,600 in here live, so thank you to that. Make yeah. sure you get those likes up. 783. Let's bump it. Let's get up to 1,000, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, next week, we will keep you updated on when the program will be airing. Uh, I will let you know on social media, but we will be live at some point next week, and then hopefully things will uh, normalize after that, but... We appreciate you joining us here tonight on this Wednesday edition of TNT for episode number 17. And this is the last you'll see of me until uh, Wednesday. Next Wednesday, man, I will be doing some personal uh, family stuff in the coming days. And I'm going to take a little bit of a refresh. I'll see you back on Wednesday's Dynamite with Jesse. Until then, take care, guys. Thank you, man. And I will see you guys uh, next week. Well, I'll be on social media, so you're not going to be completely with completely without me but i'll keep up to date on everything for you guys but next wednesday is the goal with jesse dynamite and thank you guys for a great show and we'll talk to you later Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 